Good evening, Atlanta United family. We are live with our second episode of the Scarves and Spikes. Uh, we're going to be joined by a very special guest today, uh, first first guest of, of the show, which is which is great. But we are the Scarves and Spikes podcast. My name is Tyler Pilgrim at ATL Pilgrim on Twitter. Uh, joined alongside me is Tommy. Uh, Tommy, tell him your, your new Twitter handle because you've changed I, it now. I, I, Inside, well, I got yelled at by a couple of people. Like, if you're doing an Atlanta podcast, change it. So, yeah. Tommy ATL ninety six. I had to stick with the the ninety six. There you go. And Sydney. Yes, I'm at sh rights on Twitter. I have no numbers, and my last name has no R in it. No That's R. He's not Sydney Hunter. He is Sydney. All right, it's just a real joke. Quick. It's a joke. Podcast. I know we got a guest here just to jump in real quick, but. Uh, we, I was out one night having some drinks, and Sydney sends the video for the introduction, and I'm like, "Oh, this is really good." But Sydney, your name is spelled wrong, and it was, the al- it was the alcohol. I thought it was Sydney Hunter, but there was no R. And we, we've been contrary doing... to popular belief, it is not Hunter. We've been doing Twitter spaces now you. for almost a year, and he's like, "It's not Hunter." <laughs> it was like five years in. It was it was my bad. So That's apologies. Okay. But That's I'm glad okay. you finally brought that up. You know, like took a, took a <laughs> so week. yes, make sure you guys are following us though. Uh at scarves in spikes on Twitter and at scarves and spikes on Twitch and YouTube. Um, but with that being said, we don't want to take up any more time about us. We have a very special guest who's waiting super patiently uh behind the scenes named Tristan Traeger. So we're going to get him in. We're going to chat with him about his uh, brand new news that just dropped today and chat about the move, Atlanta United 2, and his new move to the Charleston Battery. Let's go. Welcome, Tristan and this is this seems like a long time coming, man. I really appreciate you hopping on with us. I know. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. You're impressed with the video, right? I, I told you that video was going to be great. <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> it's real I high like quality that. stuff. Yeah. Um, so before we jump into it, Tristan, um, I gotta I gotta introduce you. Obviously, to everybody everybody knows you. Just up until essentially today, officially, you were with Atlanta United Two came from the Air Force Academy, and now you are moving on to the Charleston Battery, uh, which, great move, I think. I mean, you've talked about it a little bit, but, uh, you know, for, for your skill set and, and where you're going with your career, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, but I, I do have a little bit of a uh, an insight from a very reliable source who made sure to make it known that I had to call you by your nickname on this on this podcast. Apparently, the name Buck is is something going on between you and your brothers. And yeah, it's... yeah, he, he made sure it was well known that I had to bring that up during the podcast. I was probably my dad. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to? Can you give us background on that, or is that? Um, I don't know how it started. Honestly, I think it was just. I don't know. I just grew up and I started calling my brother who's I have three younger brothers, but um the brother closest to me, uh I just started calling him Buck 
and we just call each all call each other Buck now. Yeah, it's just like a joke, but it's yeah. just a joke. It's not a joke. Gotcha. Well, well, somebody made sure to make it make it known that we brought it up. Give you a little bit of a <laughs> okay. little bit of a job. Um, so so tell us. I mean, we can dive right into it. Uh, you you're going to Charleston Battery. Uh, the news was just made official today. But I guess for for those who may not be super familiar with the twos and, and familiar with you, just give us a little bit of a rundown of kind of how you came up into the Air Force Academy, soccer in general. Um, and then, and then where you're at now. Yeah. So, um, I started playing soccer on five, um, just like recreational. So ASO, I don't know if it's the same in Georgia, but out here in California, uh, I was just playing recreational and, um, and then I guess I started playing club at around like seven or eight. Um, and then just picked, just liked it. So I kept playing and, um, fortunately, um, was able to keep playing. And actually I played at the galaxy Academy for four years. So that was really good for my development. And, uh, and then my last three years, just the drive, I live about an hour from LA. So just the drive got a little too much, uh, mm-hmm. when I was transitioning into high school. Um, so I played for Strikers Academy out here in California. And then, um, yeah, I wanted, I knew I wanted to play D1 anywhere, honestly. Um, so I just emailed a bunch of schools when we had those showcases. And um, Air Force was just, you know, one of the schools that had sent an email that they were interested. Um, and, you know, I didn't really have any schools uh, that were looking um, – looking at me because I was honestly, I was kind of overlooked. I was pretty small still in high school. Um, and so air force was just one of those schools that I knew was a great opportunity, just not only for soccer, um, but just for, just for life in general. And, um, just, you know, having a guaranteed job, uh, after graduation and all that good stuff. So I was just persistent with the coaches and, um, fortunately I was, I was able to, get in last minute um and then yeah from there I just played my four years and I didn't pro was definitely on my mind since I was little but I it just you you don't really know uh if it's possible and I think I knew after my sophomore year I had a pretty good year um I knew like it was possible if I kept working so I kept working and then ended up having a really good senior year so had a great career at Air Force and then was fortunate enough to get drafted by Atlanta in the second round. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew it was going to be tough because I had a, I, it's not like other universities where you can kind of just either take online classes and go to preseason, stuff like that. So Atlanta was super cool with me, um, you know, finishing up my school and graduating and then ended up joining the twos like quarter into the season, I think. Mm-hmm. How was that process in terms of getting everything kind of signed? And because you had to have the waiver um, to, yep. to put you back for your your Air Force responsibilities, how how was that process with the club? Yeah, uh, they were super um, super transparent, super cool with it. It was it was more stressful on the Air Force side of things just because of the timeline of things. It was it was honestly just like a lot of paperwork and uh, 
I like started in January and it just, it was just a big timeline of things. And, uh, I ended up not even, I literally got approved like the week before graduation. So I didn't even know I was going to be like coming out. Uh, and then, yeah, I just graduated and that was a big, uh, big load off my shoulders. So it was nice to be able to know, like I was, I was uh, approved. Um, and then, yeah, I literally graduated on a Wednesday and, I started training on that Saturday. So like three days later. So, so I want to, what I kind of ask you about that transition because who you are, you're a West coast kid, you know, born and raised on the West coast went to college in Colorado, but now here you are in Atlanta on the East coast and the Southeast. What's that adjustment like for you, you know, coming fresh out of college? Yeah, it was, um, honestly, it was pretty rough. Like it was just a, like, it felt super rushed that I just had like graduated and like I was moving cross country and just thrown straight into the team. So it was, it was pretty rough um, to be honest, like the first couple of weeks and like that, that Atlanta heat in the summer, I had never experienced anything like that. So <laughs> different world, man. those first few practices yeah. were, I was like, man, like I got to get in shape. So um, yeah, it was definitely kind of a rough transition, but once I got settled in, it, it was super nice. Yeah, and it seems like you didn't take too long to really get acclimated. You came in, and it seems like right away you started scoring goals left and right. I mean, was it, you know, just like you were talking about, was it just a matter of, you know, that you haven't made that transition to the southeast and finally getting your feet underneath you that made it easier for you to kind of acclimate? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's never – easy being a new guy especially like mid-season right. like you're literally coming in and like hey everyone like I'm here to take your spot um <laughs> but like um no the guys were super cool um mm. it didn't take too long to get you know familiar with them and build some relationships and build chemistry on the field um so yeah I mean I think um after the first few games like after a couple of weeks of training is when I just started feeling comfortable again and just um, back to my confidence level of where I was like in college. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty quick transition and I think the guys on the team made it easy for me to just kind of get into the team. Do you, do you think it was almost better to, to kind of just dive headfirst into it and instead of having to kind of think about the transition between, you know, college play and professional play in terms of, you know, I think I think a lot of times you, you can kind of get into your head and, and maybe you overthink it. Did that ever did you did that ever come to mind or was it just kind of like, man, I got so much going on. I'm just going to show up, do my thing and, and hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, I just had so much going on. And honestly, soccer is like just one of those things for people that just kind of clears your head. So it was just although it was stressful, it was just nice kind of just being able to like touch the ball again with the team because throughout the spring um I was still training with some of the guys at Air Force but it wasn't like a where I was like part of the team I was just kind of being like an extra guy so yeah it was nice just diving in head first and um yeah just really getting up to the level of speed of like play I'm sure you um had a chance to go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and watch the first team play um can you kind of describe what that was like stepping into Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time yeah no, it was crazy. Um, I remember driving by it the first time, and I was like, mm-hmm. "That's like one of the coolest stadiums I've seen." So, yeah. 
Um, and then I remember the first game I went to, I like, I, I think I just went alone. Honestly, I just, I got tickets from, um, one of our team admin guys and, um, yeah, just the energy and like how loud it gets in there. It was, it was super, uh, it was super, a super cool experience. Mm-hmm. I grew up going to galaxy games, mm-hmm. so obviously smaller stadium and outdoors and not as loud, but yeah, uh, the first team, first time I went to the first team game was, it was super nice. I really did they win? It. <laughs> uh, I think they did. Okay. That's good. That's a good sign. I mean, I'd have to look back on the date. <laughs> I, I, I went to like three first team games. I'm pretty yeah. sure they won every time. So good. Hey, well then you need to keep, you need to keep coming then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might've been the only thing we had in a while. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you all so, are just joining us on the podcast or online, we have Tristan Traeger with us. We're Atlanta United 2 player now with the Charleston battery. Uh, Tristan, I can, want to kind of ask you, uh, Ben Pierman, of course, is one of the top coaches of the USL Championship. He did a terrific job with Philip Goodrum, another former Atlanta United 2 player, and Philip, as you probably know, won the Golden golden Boot in the USL Championship. Um, how much of Ben's work with Philip and really with Memphis 901 as a whole kind of drew you to Charleston? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, Phil was like a prime example of uh... – player that was kind of overlooked during his time um from from what i've heard um just through sources and yeah he had an amazing year with memphis and um memphis we played there away that was actually my like second game first like real game um Mm -hmm. like more playing more than i came on my debut was like two minutes but so yeah watching memphis play just like right there i was thrown in so that was like my second week um yeah, and Coach Ben Pierman, um, just watching his offense was just, like, super cool to watch. And I I really thought of that, you know, seeing Phil um, have such a great year, that was definitely uh, a big part of my decision and just seeing how their mm-hmm. offense uh, operated all season. And, yeah, just, like, kind of a counterattacking and fast-attacking offense was really appealing to me. Was that kind of the pitch that Ben gave you? Just, like, hey, look what – you know, look how Phil did in my offense, things like that. Is yeah. that kind of what he was telling you? Yeah. Um, he obviously has a great history of just winning in general and then um, just has a great history with just, like, attackers and forwards and just mm-hmm. developing them and sending them, sending them off to great places. So, um, yeah, that was definitely a big part of my decision for sure. So your, your time – at the Air Force Academy, and then even growing up and all. And then, of course, obviously, when you get to Atlanta, um, you, you know, you came in, you made a big difference right from the get-go. You started scoring goals off off the bat, which is which is amazing to see. Uh, was was it always kind of your idea that you were going to be some type of forward? Were you going to be up top scoring goals? Or was it when you were younger, did you play a different position at all? Um, Yeah, when I was younger, I kind of jumped around. I was always – playing attacking positions for the most part. Um, and then I think in college I played like the 10, um, but kind of like a dual forward system, but mm-hmm. I was labeled the 10. Um, and yeah, <clears throat> I wasn't really like the biggest goal scorer growing up. Um, and I think that just, I kind of just, uh, just got that in college. 
after my sophomore year, I scored 13 goals. And then mm -hmm. my senior year, I scored 13 again. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I've just, I, I guess that came in college. And, yeah, I just love scoring goals and just getting in good areas. And, uh, yeah, and I led, uh, I know they tried me out of, like, outside back. And, you know, I'm free to play anywhere. But I think, mm -hmm. yeah, just being in front of goals just probably my best position. Yeah. Has so let's talk a little bit about kind of your move as well. Um, but to piggyback on what you did with Atlanta, have have you kind of got an idea of what's your role? I know it's early still, but what's your role is going to be with with the battery? I'm um, not too sure yet. Um, yeah, Coach Pierman, he's talked a little bit. Um, I just told him my strengths and what I feel like I'm good at, and that's just running in behind yeah. and. Uh, yeah, just finding space. And um, so I think uh, I'm not really sure what formation or what he's thinking or how I'm going to be integrated in, into the team. So yeah, I guess we'll just see in preseason. So you're, you're kind of um, yeah, I was going to ask, you know, um, about Charleston. Um, it's kind of funny. It seems like every year that Atlanta United play in the U.S. Open Cup, Atlanta and Charleston get tangled up somehow. So, somehow um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you've never played in the U.S. Open Cup. This will be your first time with the Charleston Battery. Um, have you had familiarity with it growing up? And that's something you're kind of tracking along with? Um, I wasn't too familiar with it growing up. Um, but, yeah, I was tracking it last year and just seeing all mm -hmm. the all the USL teams kind of beating some MLS yeah. teams. So, yeah, yep. I mean, that was, that, that was part of my move as well as I just, after experiencing it and after watching it, um, yeah, like I know the USL is a championship's a great high level and can compete with MLS teams. So that's part of my, part of the reason um, I chose to go to Charleston. And obviously my long-term goal is to play in the MLS. So mm -hmm. the battery has a, has a long history with the open cup as well. They've been, you know, yeah. very successful, not just obviously in the Open Cup, but just in general. Then the Battery is one of the premier USL teams. So, mm -hmm. um, to, so to piggyback on kind of what you were just saying, what just kind of take us through what was the the reasoning, what was the thought process behind going, you know, making the move? You have obviously Atlanta United two is moving to MLS Next Pro, um, which I'm sure obviously is part of it. But kind of just take us through the the thought process. Yeah, I thought. Um... Obviously, last year, um, just playing on a younger team was kind of a disadvantage. Um, but just it, we, this, it was still evident uh, to see how high the level was um, just going through each game. So um, that was one of the reasons I knew I wanted to play, like, in a competitive league. Um, mm -hmm. And I know MLS Next Pro is also competitive, um, but just from friends I've talked to that have played in the league and – um, just other people like um, I just feel like it's more of a you know I'm getting older now so I'm 23 and will be 24 this year so I feel like it's it's more um, uh, a better fit for younger players and um, I just felt the need that I wanted to stay in USL um, and I guess to progress my development and just help me out to um to get to them last i felt like it was the best move yeah 
What's the thing you're looking to forward most in, in the city of Charleston? Um, a lot of things, honestly. Obviously, it's a beautiful city, and mm. I grew up on the West Coast, so it'll be it'll be nice to be close to the beach. Um, yeah. And uh, my roommate at the academy um, is actually stationed out there right now, so that'll be nice. Okay. Awesome. To kind of reconnect with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a heavy military presence, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that'll bring some supporters out to the games. And uh, I think just, yeah, the the project they have going on there and with Coach Pierman, um, it just seemed like a, a great fit for me and how his offense operates. So, yeah. The uh, – so – have you have besides seeing on TV? Obviously, we were talking about the Open Cup a minute ago. But have you checked out any of the kind of atmosphere that the battery has? That because you're looking at, uh, we we can talk about the twos all day. Yeah. You know, yeah. landing out of the first team is is a big deal. Obviously, Mercedes Benz Stadium, and there the twos have a great turnout. But Charleston Battery, that is their professional soccer team, so it's a it's a you know a little yeah. bit of a different story. Have you right. checked into kind of what their vibe is like? Yeah, I mean. Just playing there last year was probably one of my favorite um, stadiums to play in. Mm -hmm. Um, It was definitely up there. And just because of the energy um, with the fan base and, you know, the the stadium is beautiful as well. Um, Yeah, that was one of my favorite places to play last year. And um, it'll be different than playing um, at Kennesaw, which was also a beautiful stadium. But obviously the the fan turnout – with the first team and being the, the priority. Um, so it'll be, it'll be a nice change for sure. Being able to play in front of a bunch of, a bunch of fans. Any, so this is, this is kind of a, a fun one, but any particular, cause you're talking about your, your goal is to go to MLS at, at some point, which is amazing. Um, is there any particular player, not necessarily in MLS, but any player that you kind of model yourself after that you looked up to that you, you know, just one that you you kind of you see that play style, and you're like, I I, I enjoy that. I kind of want to model my my play after it. Yeah, um, there's a couple players. Um, I'm just a I'm like a big movement guy, and just I don't know. I've always like enjoyed like making runs in behind the defense, um, and catching them off guard. So I think I mean it's kind of cliche to say, but um. I guess Holland, obviously, just seeing yeah. his impact in the prime and just how it how he makes runs. Yeah, I mean, top player. Um, and then I guess Mbappe. He's a little different. He's on the wing, um, and obviously he's a little flashier than my play style. But I just like the way he um, finds space in behind as well and just uses his pace. And then I guess um, another player I like watching is Musiala. Just how crafty he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, on Byron, so yeah, I'd I say mean, those three. Those are all good shouts. Like uh, you know, so, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a letdown though for um, Mbappe, unfortunately, in the World Cup final. I mean, I'm sure you <laughs> you watched that, yeah. but the Argentina. You have to be happy for Thiago uh, winning the World Cup for Argentina, yeah. right? Yeah, I was cheering for Argentina for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever did you ever have any kind of interaction with uh with Almada at any point? With the twos? Uh, no. 
So uh, I got pulled up. So I trained with the first team like two or three times. Um, and that actually happened to be when he was with Argentina. So okay. I didn't, I never interacted with him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They've, uh, they, so um, obviously, you know, I'm sure that was probably back when, when Almada was, when he first got his call up and all. Uh, but the club as a whole, and this is more for the Atlanta United fans, but, you know, they, they're going to bring up a lot of the twos guys to train with the first team whenever you have like international breaks and, and things like that. Um, yeah. But you spent a lot of time with Jack Collison with the twos, who has obviously now moved on to some other things. But what did you what did you take away from from his coaching when you were with the twos? What, what was kind of something that stood out that maybe elevated your game a little bit? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I love Jack. Um, he was one of my favorite coaches for sure that I've ever been with. Um, I think just the tenacity he brought every every day. Um, cause there's some days where you're just feeling a little off, and it was just inspiring, honestly, to see he came into work every day and like was ready to work. And he's the coach, like we're the players. So, um, yeah, just the the fire he brought every day to training, and no matter how bad games were going, he was he always wanted us to fight to the last minute. And that was something. That you know, um, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed because um, you know playing at Air Force, we weren't like the most talented team, but we always knew we were going to outwork our opponents. So that was similar to Jack's uh, philosophy, and uh, that was just something I really loved about him. And that's part of playing, I think, with a younger team as well, right? I mean, yeah, you, you were talking about it a minute ago. You're you're about to be 24. Um, the twos admittedly you, i mean it's a very young team so that is a challenge yeah. when you're playing with that kind of a, a group that you're you're gonna be uh involved in the mental game just as much as you are the talent because you, i mean you're looking at yeah. a bit of maturity that you kind of have to fight sometimes and um mm -hmm. i mean for you was it kind of kind of a weird situation to get put in to be like kind of the, one of the senior guys quote unquote on the roster at times yeah, um, a little bit, but, um, I mean, it was honestly pretty similar, like, to my college experience, like, just from being a senior and playing with guys that were freshmen. So, um, it wasn't too weird, I would say. It was just, I think, yeah, just like you were saying, just kind of a, you were just missing a few more mature pieces in the in the squad to just kind of keep us in games a little more, I would probably say. How do you keep from like? How did you keep from like getting down? Like maybe when the results weren't coming your way, coming the team's way, I should say. I can only imagine that was a struggle. Yeah, for the whole team last year. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I've I was just trying to keep a positive mindset and just knowing my situation. Like, um, I feel extremely blessed to be able, you know, to, to be playing and for the Air Force to be giving me this opportunity. So. I was trying to keep a positive mindset most days, pretty much every day, um, that, like, I was literally getting paid to play soccer so as my job. So, um, I guess that was getting me through it. And um, at the end of the day, like, win or lose, it's it's all about having fun. And I think we were, we were, having, we were doing a good job with our group, but um, we were just missing that, that little maturity, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so for the, the Charleston battery fans who might be listening, cause I know there's a, there's a handful out there that definitely were super excited to hear the news today. What would you tell them and, and, and the Atlanta United fans as well, but what would you tell them in terms of, first of all, they may not know kind of what the situation is with you in the air force Academy with the, the delay, you know, being a part of a professional team and all. Um, but as, as their newest player, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would tell them that, um, you know, kind of just a hard-nosed player, and I'm going to go into work every day um, yeah, work my tail off and uh, get results, and I'm looking forward to scoring a bunch of goals this season. And as an Atlanta fan, I mean, I, I you know, I, I followed you last year, followed the whole team. Obviously, we all did. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see. You know, it was definitely a breath of fresh air, you know, to uh, to – you know, see that kind of work ethic. So I'm super happy for you. I know um, the twos will hate to see you go, but it's, I think it's a great step for your career for sure. And yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I just, I guess I would say that Atlanta fans too, is it's all love. Um, I built a lot right. of friendships during my time mm-hmm. with the twos, coaches, players. Um, and so I really enjoy my time there. Um, yeah. Sweet. Maybe we see um, you back soon. Yeah. Maybe. I'm gonna send everybody up there to go check out a check out a Charleston battery game. Let's do it. All right. Um cool. Tristan Traeger, everybody, for formerly of the Atlanta United Twos, uh now newest player for the Charleston Battery uh in the USL. So Tristan, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Um it's it's been awesome getting to kind of chat with you and get to know you a little bit. And obviously we wish you all the best. Um yeah going to charleston you're more than welcome to stay home by the way while we chat about other other stuff but i know you're you're a busy guy so um yeah either way we definitely appreciate it man thank you yeah yeah thanks for having me on it was super fun of course good luck welcome back anytime awesome awesome all right thanks guys see you buddy yeah absolutely peace all right so it's a great convo yeah, I mean, and 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 he's such a he's such a good guy. Um, super happy mm-hmm. for him. You know, I, I, I'm one of those that, from a twos perspective, you know, it's like, man, I, I wish I wish Tristan could have stayed, but right, you know, I, I'm super happy for him, especially you know trying to move up into MLS at some point. And and for the Charleston Battery fans that are uh, that are listening, um, you're getting a good one. I'm super happy for him. You're, you're getting a good a good player. He came in to the twos last season. And the moment he stepped on the field, you know, he was scoring goals uh, left and right. It seemed almost at will. And uh, he just – he's, he's going to be a good one for you guys. So, super excited. Um, and then for the twos I fans get, that, are, that are here, I get, yeah, get, so check them out. I got to give Tommy a shout-out for the hard-hitting questions during the interview. I know, right? Well, <laughs> you guys had him more prepared. And um, I, 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 I was going to ask about the MLS Next Pro logo. Oh, man. No. We should have prepared time. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if our sponsors, you know, MLS Next yeah. Pro, then, you know, that's I'm going to ruin it for us. So I didn't really want to didn't want to. We'll, ruin we'll it put there. a pin on that for next time. <laughs> OK, yeah. the next he would have just been like, it looks drunk. It looks like it's yeah. falling over. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, all right. So, it would be yeah, great conversation. Super excited to chat with him. Um. Yeah. As far as Atlanta United news, man, we 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 got 
plenty to talk about. But mm-hmm. I guess the biggest one, what's the latest on Joseph Martinez to Miami? Do you want to light up your candle again, Tommy? Where is I it at? It on, I sold it on eBay the other day. Well, are you serious? <laughs> How about you sold a half burnt candle on eBay? <laughs> I uh I mean, I hope he's not listening because then he's going to know I lit it a couple times, but I, I never lit it until that day. And I, I sold it as never lit candle. And now it's. Been oh, lit. my gosh. So if he watches this and he does this. This is this is I forgot that I put it on. So this is my bad. So I don't want to. He's going to get a little then. score. He's good. A little seller score on eBay. now. I have a five star thing. We can't screw. Well, that now up. you're going to have a full play more. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, my, my bad. That's uh, that's my bad. So, so what candle are you gonna buy now? I don't know. I, Almada. I, 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 I. The other problem was is when I lit it in my wife's office the other day. I, uh, I didn't blow it out. So, uh, yeah, it was just this is a series of bad events. So I'll just never, never light a candle again. There's so many things that have happened time. in the past week with this candle that I was unaware of. <laughs> This candle's like a co-host for us apparently now. Yeah. I saw it on the YouTube clips that I was I was lighting a candle up. Uh but yeah, yeah, James is calling me a scammer here. Uh oh my God. I, I, I I got the alert. It said you you made fifteen dollars on eBay. I'm like, what did I sell? And then I was like, Oh, the candle, great. <laughs> so that that's uh that's my bad. Everyone's calling me fraud now in the chat. Um, so fifteen bucks. Yeah. So oh yeah. man. Yeah. I thought like you could have gotten 25 at least. So let's get back to Joe. So let's, uh, in case he's watching, whoever bought these. Yeah. So <laughs> Joseph in Miami. It, what, yes. who, what's what's going to happen first? The chicken or the egg? Is Miami going to announce them or is Atlanta going to say once a five mm-hmm. stripe, always a five stripe? Or I think it's going to be Miami. You know, that's cold. Like, I, I figure you would like set up something be like, hey, like, can we send out the tweet first? Like, you, you, you know, yeah. You, make a little sideways deal in the alley and say, can we tweet this first? Like let, let the team announce it first. Like th- I think it's just bad business to, to let Miami announce it first. Cause he's not, cause technically you probably have already cut him, right? Like you probably have already, oh, you know, done the, killed the contract. So why can't you just announce it? And then they could announce it in three days. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, that's some backroom stuff that, you know, Let's get the admin out here. You know the admin. Let's do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, but um, apparently there's some tweets going around from um, Luis Miguel Etigare. I'm trying to pull up right now that the deal will be announced tomorrow. So, yeah, Wednesday, if you're listening to this, watching this a little bit later on. So I'm trying to pull that up. But, yeah, I don't really see it right now. But I'm sure the news will be announced in due time. And... Now, whether Atlanta announced it or Miami announced it, I mean, it seems like Joseph Martinez to Miami is pretty much a done deal. And now really the onus is on Miami or Atlanta to find that replacement. We'll talk about um, Georgia Yeltsin a little bit, but the onus is on Atlanta United to now find that replacement. And I think we talked about it last week, not just any replacement, but a solid replacement that can score goals and doesn't just take up the roster space because... Right now, this team doesn't have a striker outside of Jackson Conway, and barring an incredible breakthrough season from Jackson Conway, unless Lenny United get this sorted sooner rather than later, is going to be really tough sledding over the per- first half of the season or so. So, there are some Tommy, names, who, like who I said. Do we have technically 
Eric Who Lopez. else do we have? We have Eric, Eric Lopez. Lopez. Eric Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Technically still on the roster as of That's most true. recent. He scored roster. one banger against Nashville, and then uh, I don't think we ever heard of Eric Lopez again. Hey, but yeah. he did score against Nashville. He did. And Joseph and who did, did not, not score against Nashville? Joseph Martinez. <laughs> there you go. It's all falling into place. Build the Lopez statue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, so here the most recent thing is – I think it was mentioned it's, it is going to be a one-year deal, I think, but the one-year option potentially is, is kind of what the, the rough rumor is right now. It's an end of an era, right? I mean, we knew it was coming. Joseph is is on his way out. He has been for quite some time, and it, it sucks, man. As a, as a fan, we talked about it last week. As a fan, it sucks to see. Atlanta legend, for sure. Always will be. Nothing you can do will change that. And I do hope that one day they build the freaking statue because the amount that he put into this team was um, something that won't be repeated in this league and probably this hemisphere for a very long time. So send him out the way that he deserves. Uh, but for now it's, it's business as it needs to be and they've got to find a replacement. But um, there, so one of the things I guess this is a perfect time to introduce this too. One of the things that we wanted to do was uh, start bringing in a tweet of the week. So um, I'm just going to throw this That's out there off the top of my head, but you guys need to start like hashtagging scarves and spikes so that we can like check out these tweets and maybe, maybe post it up on here at some point. But uh, our, our well, favorite buddy. We have cringe tweet of the week too. Like we, we could, have could, do, we could do, definitely sure. do that. Because we, when during these losses, they, these uh, these tweets could be uh, pretty bad. So we might have the tweet of the week and the cringe tweet of the week. Yeah, uh, you, you know, it's hot take of the week. Get, it could get real bad yeah. after losses. I mean, this <laughs> when this Joseph thing announced, we're gonna have like ten cringe tweets of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow, cycling through. As soon as it goes <laughs> happen, like it's gonna it's gonna get crazy. So let's just get ready for that because Twitter's gonna go insane tomorrow. Yep. Yes, it is. Um. But yeah, so our our, our very first one, uh, Rob Usry of of Dirty South Soccer, um, as you guys probably know, was the I guess I guess our, our uh, initial tweet of the week, which is mm-hmm. cool, I guess. So award to Rob. Want to fire it up here on the stream? Yeah. So and and for everybody nice. listening after the fact, Sydney, you want to do the honors? Yes. Um, yeah, Rob Usry tweeting out on January tenth. Joseph Martinez is Atlanta United, like it or not. Him leaving the club is the official end, official end to the era we all fell in love with. The onus is now on the club to give us a reason to stay in love, end quote. So, yeah, that was Rob's tweet from, yeah, a few days back. But, yeah, he's absolutely right. Um, wh- this has caused Atlanta United to lose more goodwill than it's ever lost in its short existence. And like we were just saying, I mean, it's the end of an era and the book is closed and what's the next step for Atlanta United? And like I said earlier, you can't just bring anybody in. You have to bring somebody in that can not take the mantle completely from Joseph because there's only one Joseph Martinez, right? But somebody that is competent, somebody that can score goals, somebody that can gel with the team in relatively short order. So really interested to see who that is for Atlanta United. But again, hopefully it's a player that 
can really prove his quality relatively short in relatively short order. Absolutely. And you know, we we're I was making a drink before and I pulled out my championship cup and then I turned it around and mm-hmm. there's all these names and not many are left. Right. Brad Guzan and uh mm-hmm. Miles Robinson. They're the only ones left here. Yeah. Stop washing the cup. So you stop washing the names off of it. I you know. have like Death Note over there, and every time you wash it, you're removing people. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's Andrew Carlton. Jeez, like just looking at some of these mm-hmm. names, it's. I mean, they even had some of the names wrong on this cup. Like that's the most ridiculous thing. Can 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 yeah yeah. I mean that that's there, and then is it. It's Mikey. It's Michael Ambrose, right? Mikey Ambrose. Mikey. It's, Everyone calls Mikey. him Mikey. Mikey Ambrose. Well, the cup calls him Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Yeah. Oh, no. I just noticed that for the first time. <laughs> Who what? made these cups? I, it's fanatics. They screw things up all the time. Oh, my word. That's amazing. There goes our um, sponsorship with Fanatic, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? Well, we can... <laughs> oh, man. We cut that one out. Sorry, guys. But you know, but, uh, what said last week too is that you're going to need they need the club needs to do a better job um, helping us relate to a lot of these players. Like they did consistent videos with these players, and you felt like you knew mm-hmm. them. Almiron, I mean, even though lacks speaking English, he was having fun in all these videos, right? The emoji video we saw, Russell became just a fan favorite immediately. WrestleMania, um, baby. And what does he do? Mm-hmm. He goes out there and he. You know, he, he takes the cup straight to the supporter section and then he's gone. Like it's it's frustrating um, because I think that that's what made a lot of people fall in love with this team was that you had a you, you felt like you knew these guys and they have fallen yeah. away from that. And I think that they need to get back to that. And I think they're on their way. I think they've gotten better. Um, you know, after Heinze left, they started doing some of the videos again, like we talked about last week. But I think they need to continue to do that and and find that player that fans could grab onto. And I think it's frustrating too because you've got a lot of players that are just in and out, right? And I think that one thing that Garth has looked at in Seattle, and we'll see if it changes here, is that there's a lot of people with a lot more tenure on on the Seattle teams. They're more consistent and they move a few guys in and out each year, but the team's overall consistent and now that you've gotten rid of a lot of people that the club hasn't found valuable, maybe it gets better. Maybe this this is the start of of building, you know, signing contracts and keeping these players for you know three to five years. Um, but I mean, step one, you got rid of everybody, right? Like you, you got rid of all these guys that had bad contracts that just aren't helpful to the salary cap, and now you got to fill it in with some guys that are going to be, you know, good here long term and on reasonable contracts because. You know, you, you see Twitter, you see our chat and, you know, people didn't like Emerson Hyman and they didn't like um, Moreno and Franco. And really, it's I don't think that they don't like the players, even though sometimes they make mistakes like everybody else. But you look at the salary cap hit and they say, why are we paying this much for this guy to fit in this roster when we have to fill other spots? Like when whenever the MLS releases their salary thing twice a year people are immediately going and looking at it. And then you just see the angry tweets. Like I remember when the Columbus crew found out Zardes was a DP all of a sudden, like they lost it. Like Columbus Twitter broke. And like, that's just here. It's (laughs) it's just such a tight salary cap that you, 
anybody that's overpaid, they, they just have a mark on them. And if they don't produce, mm-hmm. you're going to get beat up uh, on Twitter. And that's just unfortunately where a lot of these players that have moved on in the past two weeks were, were, were on that line here. I mean, Rosetto is now like the lone guy right now, I think, that really has that mark. And people are like, why is he still on this team? I like Rosetto. He seems like a nice guy, but mm-hmm. unfortunately for what he's paid, he's just, it's just hasn't been worth it. So I think that's one of the big things here is that fans just, they get nervous on, on what you pay and Atlanta United. Everybody knows that if you go to Atlanta United, you're going to get paid a little bit more than anybody else. And maybe that changes here in the mm-hmm. next, the next couple of years, but um, they're, they're going to have to figure something out here quick. And just to kind of pivot, you know, back to the Joseph discussion just a little bit. I want to bring up Niles' comment here in the chat. By the way, if you guys are watching on Twitch and YouTube or Twitch and or YouTube, please feel free to leave a comment or tweet us at Scars and Stripes if you're listening to the podcast. But Niall, good friend of the site, saying, let's please not compare the next striker to Joseph. Unrealistic expectations, IMO. And I think he's saying that we are, the three of us are, but I think that for the fan base, that's a good message. Let's not put Absolutely. too many under expectations on the next guy that is Atlanta United striker. It's not fair to him, and really, that's going to put a mountain of pressure on him that he doesn't need, especially with him coming to a new club. So, no, that's a definitely definitely a good point. Yeah, are we going to sign an emoji to him though? Like that's that's probably one of the more important things, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, well, the angry face is is done. You can't do that one no. anymore. I mean, you got to you got to sign some emoji to him and get some great signs out there. I hope it's the the soccer net emoji to indicate how many he's going to score for us. Um, but I agree with that though. Like you can't you can't compare anybody to Joseph. It's it is unfair. Like you were saying, Sydney. Like you're going to wind up whoever does show up to to quote unquote fill those boots is going to end up already having enough pressure. They know who Joseph Martinez is. Even if it's somebody coming from Europe or wherever else, they're going to very quickly, if they don't already, once it gets mentioned, hey, you're going to go to Atlanta? Oh, well, what about Joseph? That's going to be the the conversation always. And that's fine. They don't need any more pressure. They just don't. Um, There's not going to be a a, a single person that's going to come in and do what Joseph did to Atlanta, period. Not going to happen. That doesn't mean we can't have a successful goal scorer. That is, that's what the club is going to try to do. But we can't try to compare, you know, apples here. Like this is this is an apples and oranges situation. This is not a, you know, apples and apples thing. Joseph is very much the, you know, the guy that did his thing. He left his mark. Don't try to imitate him. Come in and be yourself. Come in and make your own mark. Come in and endear yourself to the fans in the way that you do, whoever that may be. Uh, The team definitely is going to be looking for a couple of brand new faces in terms of, you know, the the face of the club. You had Joseph, you had Miggy, you've had Gressel to a degree, uh, Parkey to a degree. Adam John. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Always. Um I think Gutman is going to be one of the big ones coming up yeah. for sure. Who's, who's going to be, I mean, he's already endeared himself to the fans certainly. Um, but you, you, you can't as the new striker or new strikers coming in to this team, you can't try to fill those shoes. 
fill your own shoes and do your own thing. Good. A lot so of Kubo Torres uh, love in the chat here. I just wanted to say that, you know, Kubo, <laughs> Club legend. So just want to make sure we got that out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Niles said Ma- the- Miles Robinson if yeah. he stays. Right. I so, think we talked about that last week with Miles. Like, if I'm Atlanta United, and if there's there's a chance to keep Miles long term, you got to make him the face right now. And it's mm. risky. It's risky business there because if you if you go and you promote Miles everywhere nonstop, but they're promoting Almada as well, and he's probably yeah. not going to be here too long. But if you yes. really want to make him feel loved here, you put him on the billboards. Um, you give him the love. Um, you know, I, I know that Brad's going to likely be the, the, the team captain again. Um, but I, I think that Miles, if you really want to maybe help help your situation out a little bit better here, because who knows? I mean, maybe he doesn't get a, a great offer anywhere else the, the, after the season. Do you want him going to another MLS team? No, but it's a possibility. You've seen other big MLS players leave other teams and go somewhere else. So if anything, mm-hmm. you've got to make him feel as loved as possible. And I know Miles is already loved here. Um, but I think that if you, you make him your hopefully long-term commitment guy and not make him a DP in the future, um, I think that that's, that's the best for it. Um, even if he's here for a couple of years, I think it's still good for the, for the team. Yeah. Good. So to kind of pivot along that same line of conversation, the guy that has because I, I definitely want to dive into the the stuff at the training ground last Friday and then also today I wasn't there today uh, but there's still you know miles spoke today at the training ground mm-hmm. uh, which was good lots of good stuff coming out last Friday from the training ground even though it was freaking cold <laughs> as crap I was so like oh it was miserable but it was a good time it was good getting miserable to in, that, in the in the video that they posted ah, on YouTube. It was so bad. There and it's just shaking. Just, you I go was like, I'm going to come prepared. In winter. Yeah. I got my jacket on. I'm good to go. Now that freaking wind. Mm-mm. It's terrible. <laughs> so no, but no, I do want to hit on, uh, you know, being able to talk to Almada. Um, Gazan spoke, which was really good. Obviously Pineda spoke. There's lots of good information from that. But, but since we were talking about the striker position and all, um, <laughs> and it was, it was mentioned in the comments. Um, I think James maybe said, uh, have y'all practiced pronouncing his name yet? And uh, I tried. Georgios Jakimakis. Can you fit that on the jersey? Can you fit that name on the back of a jersey? Like, that's a serious question. Uh, That is a good question, actually. (laughs) He could go by his first name. I'm just going to call him George. I'm going to look it up if they could fit it on the back, if he's done it in the past. If if he comes here, his his nickname is going to be Georgie. I mean, I don't have any, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, but yeah, yeah, double G, yeah, GG. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgios Giacomakis, I think would be roughly how you say it properly. Anyway, um, he is kind of the one of the most recent rumors for the striker position for Atlanta. He's been linked to Atlanta, but also to Japan, to the mm-hmm. Urawa Red Diamonds. Uh, but he's currently playing at Celtic over in the, the Scottish Premiership. And if you look at his history, the guy has figured out a way to score goals when he probably shouldn't. <laughs> and that's good. That's a good that's a good sign. He basically single-handedly assisted his team in the Dutch Eredivisie 
and 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 that was during where he was playing for a, a side that was being relegated. Yeah. Um, and then he moved to Celtic, and he's he's still having some success. Obviously, nothing to the degree that he did a couple of seasons ago. But the guy has has found a way to do the job when the job was very difficult because he didn't have the backing of a of a good squad behind him necessarily. So now it's a matter of uh, the, the the most recent news I think that I saw today about an hour before we went live on the show was Celtics head coach was saying that there was no deal with the team in Japan. So take that for what it's worth. You know, that, that may not be that there is no deal. That may just be that they're trying to not say anything publicly. However, you do have Atlanta potentially in the running. I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but Atlanta should very much be able to more or less match or beat any offer. I think that the Red Diamonds put in. Never even heard of the club. No offense to them. I don't really follow Japanese soccer like that. But casual, I, <laughs> yeah. But you're but you're looking at a team that um, isn't. I mean, admittedly, isn't going to be able to throw the money that Arthur Blank could. So. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good shout. We'll see what happens, but I'm I'm really curious to kind of see where it goes. Yeah, Celtic won the double last season, and they're in the Champions League. Um, I mean, obviously didn't do too well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he uh, scored a goal in six appearances in the Champions League. So there's that that you can add on to that for a guy like him. Um, Bruno asking, is he with a DP spot? I think I imagine he would be. Or very, very, very high TAM deal. I don't imagine that he'll be a GAM player, especially with that Champions League experience and that European experience that he does have. But uh, yeah, we talked about um, Tyler with um, BVV Venlo in the Eredivisie. Uh, 26 goals in 30 league appearances and yeah, really wild. the best player on a team that you know, ultimately got relegated, as we mentioned. Um, yeah, that made the move to Scotland. 13 goals, 21 appearances in the league last season as, again, Celtic won the double. And then thus far, six goals, 19 appearances um, in this season. So a nose for goals, certainly um, not quite the player that he was 2021, where he is pretty much scoring for fun, but still for a relatively good value. I mean, it could really prove a good bank for Atlanta United's buck. He said it, Tyler. Arthur Blank has deep pockets and – Anything that Japan, the club in Japan, can put up. I mean, Arthur Blank and Atlanta United can match it. So I think this would be a really good signing for Atlanta United. And it certainly fills a need. Again, we can't compare him to Joseph Martinez because there's only one Joseph Martinez. So that would be my fear would be, are the fans going to put too much pressure on Dorgios and say, hey, we just lost an icon with the best strikers in MLS history. I have to fill that role like for like. It's not going to happen. I think it may take some time for him to get acclimated. And once he does, he'll be able to really fit in with his club, fit into MLS because, you know, that's a whole new country, a whole new league. And I think he could prove a really solid signing for Atlanta United. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, obviously, but we'll see what happens within these, these next few weeks. Anytime you you replace uh, a star player, 
uh, they're going to be immediately compared to him um, no matter what. And, you know, it's up to that player to just show that what they can do and the fans will immediately love them. There's been players that have come in here with hate before um, people have not liked them for crazy reasons. And then within a couple of weeks, they're magically in love with them. And wire. Yeah. Dom Dwyer. <laughs> Amanda didn't have a lot of fans coming in um, mm. and, and they got, he got over. Um, so you replace a star player, they're going to look at it. And, and really winning is all that matters. Right. And this city is starving for a winner. Um, I mean, you've got Georgia and the Braves who've been doing very good, but the Hawks have been the Hawks lately. The, the Falcons are still rebuilding and now Atlanta United's rebuilding, but they just had the biggest acquisition of the offseason. They got the best front office in the league. They got the, the guy that has basically come into every team and has turned them into champions. So right now, I think fans still need to be patient. You know, I, I don't we should make the playoffs. I mean, that's absolutely something like I we don't even know who our striker is right now. But with the money that this team spends in a year. Um, they should make the playoffs 100%. There's a lot of bad teams in this league. Um, so they should definitely be able to get in. After that, you know, th- I've always seen this as a two, three year project. And honestly, I think that we're ahead of where we are in this project. Like, right, we've moved on from a lot of bad contracts. And hopefully we, they can remain gone because we saw we tried to erase the Eric Lopez uh, situation and now it's back. And I have a feeling they're going to figure out something here that's going to get him off the books but you're getting all the bad things off the books, like we said, right? And now you've just got to find those players. But if you rush, and this is what everybody's complained about over the past couple of years, started with the Marcelino Moreno. I'm sorry, Tyler, we got to talk about Moreno. When Moreno came in, they didn't even have a head coach. They had a yep. temporary coach. And they knew they were hiring a coach in the offseason. Why immediately do that? Because you had, like, you had an immediate DP spot open, and they wanted to spend it. It was a lost season. Like, I'm sorry. Moreno wasn't going to come in and light up the the league enough to be able to sneak them into the playoffs. So you can't jump in here and and make silly mistakes. And it, this first part of the season might be rough to watch. I mean, they could be good, but it could also be rough, but that's okay. That's what the Sounders have done. And again, this is a multiple year project. And if we still had Carlos running things by himself, we saw basically the last two things that he's done and he did one really good thing and one bad thing. He got NTN which is a fantastic move. I think we've all agreed on that. Mm-hmm. But then he kept Rosetto at that, at that contract amount. Now, maybe, maybe they negotiated something down. I don't know. Uh, that's my hope, but let's just assume it's not. That's just, that's not a very good deal. But now you got a guy that is very smart watching every single move that they make. And that's what we want. I think we wanted someone to check Boca. And unfortunately, Darren Eels was not that guy. Darren Eels just said, do what you want, man. Like, Sign whoever you want. I'll support you. And that's where everything has gone downhill. Darren Eels leaving was so sad. And now that you look at it and just kind of take a broad look at what this team has done and see how Darren's kind of just sat in the back and let him run it. This, this is it's so important. I'll kind of tag off your comment on that, Tommy. That's an excellent point. But um, yeah, Mark ATL United seven ATL ETD seven eleven saying winning fixes everything. I mean, we can't none of us can argue with that. Uh, I'll, I'll bring up two points. One of them is related to, to what you're just saying about Darren Neal's. Think about Darren Neal's. I mean, he was a great president. I mean, beloved by almost all in the United Atlanta United fan base. But 
one thing to know about him, he had no MLS experience. I mean, granted, he played at Brown University, so he had some exposure to American soccer before coming to Atlanta United. But at the same time, he had no MLS experience. So a guy like Lagerway, who has an MLS experience, he's playing the league. He's been the executive in the league for years. And we've all seen what he's done with the Sounders. That is, you know, like you said, like the biggest acquisition that Lady United has made in the offseason. But I'll make another point, and it's related to something I read from Phil Neville the other day, the inter-Miami coach, and we already talked about Miami. But Neville is saying, the since the U.S. or the North American and European calendars are different for soccer, you don't really have the opportunity to bring in top players like big names until the summer. So that probably speaks to a lot of what Lagaway's um, strategy was in Seattle. So a player like Giacomacus does make sense because I wouldn't consider him a top player. I mean, he's a, he's a good player on a, in a league where you know, some have said, oh, so it's got his premiership, whatever. But I mean, he's a good player that could probably, given the chance, could blossom in MLS. So you're kind of in a catch-22 if you want to bring in a top-quality player. I mean, you could always sign a free contract, but Neville brought a good point. You know, with the calendar being the way it is in North American MLS versus Europe, that kind of throws a crimp into plans if you're looking to bring in a really big player. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out too, though, because it, you know, we 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 typically look at maybe maybe to the fan base's descent a little bit that Atlanta is always looking at South America, but you're now seeing Atlanta at least in the rumors that have been popping up. You know, no huge signings yet. Of course, you had Etienne, which again was free agent. You have the rumor about Alexander Kayans. Again, free agent, but still coming from MLS, coming from New York. Um, but you're 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 kind of looking at it, it seems like Europe a little bit more, which is good to see. Not not because there's anything wrong with South America, but there's an entire world outside of South America that you can go hunting. And George, just gonna be the name I call him from now on. Uh, George is you're looking at a, a guy from Greece who has played around Europe. He played in Greece. He's played um, in Scotland. Like you were saying a minute ago, Sydney, he's, he's played in, in the, in the champions league and you're expanding your horizons a bit on talent and not being so, you know, narrow minded and, and tunnel visioned essentially. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's going to know, if they're going to be good in MLS until they show up in MLS and do something right. But you, you, you got to go where you can get the best bang for your buck. And if a guy that, you know, decided he was going to score like 26 goals in a, a side that was getting relegated in Europe a couple of years ago, and still is doing fairly decent for the premiership, like by all means say, Hey man, see what he can do. See if he can come here and, and reinvigorate himself a little bit and, and, captured a little bit of that lightning in the bottle that he clearly had when he was playing, you know, for, for a Dutch side. So I'm excited. I, I think if it, if it does turn out to, to be something that 
comes to fruition, I think there's plenty to be excited about. I mean, if you look at the guy's highlight videos, he's fun to watch, I think. And who knows? He pivoting a little bit to the training ground conversation. Um, maybe he's one of those three players that Gonzalo Pineda said we're going to be hopefully being signed here in the next couple of days. I'll kind of uh, defer to our friend Jarrett Smith from Soccer Down Here, who's a Celtic fan. I mean, he's just on board with it and yeah. has a very complimentary things to say about George, Georgios, Giacomacus, GG. So I guess if Jarrett's on board, then with him being a Celtic fan and a lot of apparently Celtic play, Celtic fans not wanting to see him leave the club, I guess I'm on board. So. <laughs> Atlanta fans don't want Joseph to leave, and we know we know a little bit more than that, right? So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fan, fans love players, so I, I don't know if listening to the fans is always the best way of doing well, it. Well, if if they don't want him to leave, it's usually for a good reason. So yeah. they clearly think there's still something that he offers at Celtic, and if he can bring it to Atlanta, more power to him. Um, so pivoting a little bit because we were just talking about rumors and, and transfer rumors and all that good stuff. The training ground last Friday was opened up uh, for, for media. It was the first media session of 2023. Really, really good time. Besides the fact that it was freezing. Uh, Andrew Gutman, by the way, decided he was going to run out. I think Brooks Lennon did the same thing. Don't know what it is with them, but they showed up with, you know, short sleeves Nothing on besides that, you know, short sleeves and shorts. Uh, don't know how they did it, but you, you had a mixture of first team, Atlanta United 2 Academy, kind of everybody sprinkled in. And they're just getting, you know, getting the season going. And it's good to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. <laughs> Tyler's arm in a prominent position, <laughs> trying to get pictures of the, um, of the players. Okay, hey, I got a picture of Almada and he liked it on Instagram. So that's my fangirl <laughs> moment. I'm just going to throw it out there. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. had to when I saw it. I had to zoom in. <laughs> the picture anyway, doesn't tell you how cold it was. Anyway, sorry to uh, derail the conversation. Oh, hey, look, I, I'll I'll be the I'll be the guinea pig. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for everybody listening, laugh at the fact they got a picture of everybody there. And just happened to catch me in a in a pose where I was holding my arm up above everybody trying to get some pictures. So, uh, but no, it was a good time. You had Tiago Almada, world champ Tiago Almada, uh, speak for a little bit. Brad Gazan, first time we've heard from him in a very long time in terms of of you know in front of the media, and then of course Pineda. And before that, they had the open training so that everybody could watch and check things out. And if you've followed the the scarves and spikes Twitter. And my Twitter and all of us, you, you've probably seen the videos that we posted. But it was um, some some small-sided, high-intensity kind of drills that we were able to see very up close. And one of the things that was worth mentioning, I was, I was chatting with um, Jason Longshore, actually. You guys know Jason, uh, obviously, from the radio, from 92 on the game, also of soccer down here. But he was he, he brought up a really good point about – one of the things that Gonzalo Pineda was kind of overheard chatting with a couple of players about was uh, forcing um, their movement and their play out of the back. You, you're looking at a very small sided field, right? And I think one of the biggest complaints 
probably from last season was you had these these little mistakes as they were trying to play out of the back that led to turnovers and led and they just got punished. The team got punished on it. And there was a moment, and I can't remember what player it was, so so sorry, but <laughs> I don't remember what player it was. And he was being pressed very heavily and tried to dribble his way out of the back. And after it was all said and done, Pineda went to him and was like, no, we. this is where, as a team, there needs to be off-the-ball movement. There needs to be – uh, your own movement. You're not trying to do this by yourself. You're trying to, if you're being pressed that heavily, make the pass and you got to rely on your teammates to make those off the ball moves to, to get open so that you can break the press. Once you break the press, then, then you're potentially, and this is something Pineda spoke about. If you break that first bit of, bit of pressure, you've mostly broken the second uh, line of pressure and then and then you're open to to move forward into the attacking third and it all starts at the very back though and it was something that was very encouraging to see i think from a very it's a technical thing and i know maybe maybe some folks listening are not super into that kind of the side of the, the game but it was it was very encouraging because he focused on it and made it a point that uh i think if you if you watched the team last season you you could look at some of the players and be like why are you not moving why are you not running off the ball? Like, you know, open yourself up, make some moves, open up angles, you know, this, that, and the other. And that, it just didn't seem to happen a lot last season. But Pineda, to his, uh, you know, benefit, like he, he, was, he was making it a, a, a note and making it a point to uh, bring that to the forefront and, and, and show that, there are ways to break this pressure besides feeling like you have to dribble out of everything. And that's, it's a good sign. So um, it was good to see. So we saw the the videos, uh, saw how they, they were training a little bit. And then we spoke with Almada. Almada was uh, just, you know, he's like a kid. He's giddy. He's super excited. He's still coming off that world cup. Mm. Ha, you know, still drinking, uh, still drunk from the, the after party. Yeah. They, they asked, I think at one point, um, how long did you celebrate after? And he was just like, I don't know, like three or four days. I didn't sleep, you know, <laughs> so, which I, I don't blame him. Um, if you followed his Instagram, you'd know he, that dude didn't sleep at all for like days straight. Um, Brad Gazan, uh, it was good. To, it was so good to hear from him. He got out there and in, in typical Brad fashion, his, his first thing was, you know, complaining about the cold and I, I won't say it here, but throwing out Brad- some expletives. Brett's from Chicago. I mean, I don't understand that. I don't know. He's been living in Georgia too long. I don't know. Yeah, but well, uh, living in the UK more, more than uh, I thought. Brad just had a glow to him. You know, watching that video, he just looked yeah. so happy to be to be there, um, being be in front of the you know the media. Uh, I mean, it looked like he missed it. And you know, this yeah. is probably you have to assume this is his retirement tour. You'd mm-hmm. imagine, you know, unless he's they doing Tom Brady. That. What I said, he wouldn't say that. No, I mean he right. wouldn't. But I mean Tom Brady wouldn't either, and who knows what what, what Brady's going to do here either. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know th- this might be his last year, and it is probably definitely the last year with him in Atlanta United. So it's I, I could see why he he's happy. I mean a lot of us didn't think that he was going to return. Um, I had a, a medical friend that was on um, five strip final and, and talked to him. He he's a uh, um, a doctor at university hospitals here in Ohio. And 
he just said with the age and the injury that Brad had, and he saw the video too, he, he thought he was never playing again. And let alone here's Brad, you know, working out earlier. I was sending, I was keeping him up on the situation and he was just shocked. Like he said, Miles is the guy that's going to recover from this faster. It's going to be in better shape, even though it happened a little bit later that he was going to be okay. Or no, I'm sorry. Miles happened first, right? No, Brad, Brad. And then Brad. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, they didn't think he was going to be able to come back from it. And, and here he is. And, you know, I, I, he, he makes it sound like he's ready to start game one. So, uh, I mean, good for him. And, and this is probably, you know, I mean, we've got three very experienced goal goalkeepers on, on this team right now. This is probably the last year for that. I think after this year, we probably go a little bit younger. Um, this has been a spot we've, we've paid a lot on, which a lot of MLS teams don't. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do next year um, after they, they likely move on from Brad. Yeah, and I don't want to steal Tommy Thunder, Tyler's Thunder, but Brad was saying, you know, he was, what's the word, Tyler, frustrated or angry watching soccer while yeah. being he was, he was frustrated about it. Yeah, frustrated. He was out of control, that. he said. Yeah, that pretty much, I like the quote, he's talking about his kids, and his kids really helped him take his mind off the game and helped him kind of focus on his recovery. So I think that time away from the game, that time with his kids and his wife really helped him kind of level set his priorities. And Tommy, I think there's, I mean, he'll be what, 38, 39 at the end of the year, but no, it it certainly does seem like if this isn't, Brad Gizniak's last year in MLS certainly is his last year with Atlanta United, and he's put in a lot of good years. Can't say his form has always stayed the same, but he's had some phenomenal years with Atlanta United, and uh, there's some questions about, hey, he was signed from Middleborough in 2017, and essentially Alec Can, Can Can, was keeping the seat (laughs) warm for him. (laughs) Um, between the sticks and Cantu is credit did an excellent job, uh, especially knowing that you know, his starting role would be usurped by Brad Kazan when he came over here. But yeah, when you talk about you know club legends, players that have meant so much to the club, you got to put Brad Kazan up there, right? Just to not just so much his skill because he has shown his skill a lot with this club, but just what he means from a organizational standpoint, from a leadership standpoint and just really not being afraid to get his defense in line and having harsh words for his defense. But, you know, that's, that's a keeper's job. The keeper doesn't want to work for a shutout. I mean, he'd be satisfied. If he just stood there and done nothing all day. And while he's not quite the you know, Jordan Pickford, like I said, he's willing to really get on his defense at times. And at the same time, let them know that it's not personal. Right, it's the game, and when the game's over, or until the game's over, he can't shut off. He can't turn it off. So, definitely credit to Brad. <laughs> uh, James yeah. said, it, "Fans hated in Gazan all of 2021, then instantly regret everything in 22." So, yeah, it, you don't know what, you didn't know what you got until it's gone. Exactly, and the you know the thing about Brad is, I don't know, say what you want to about his age and all that stuff but the dude's not going to stop until he hey (laughs) he's not going to stop until he has to but at the end of the day um 
they needed a leader like Brad last season. Mm-hmm. And y- you can you can look at, at a, a couple of points that probably would have been saved had Brad been between the sticks last season. And those couple of points probably would have been the difference between not making the playoffs and making the playoffs. But then you, you the tangibles, you right? Yeah, that's the thing. There's there's the leadership back there, the yelling. I mean, everybody always wants to joke around and be like, God, all he does is yell at people. Well, I mean, I think all everybody else wanted to do was yell at people last season too. <laughs> like I was screaming, like what well, you know, and some of these some of these mistakes that were being made, like, what are you doing? And he even mentioned that, you know, he he kind of brought it up like because he had the broadcast a couple of times last season, which was really cool. And the fact that he was up in the broadcast booth and it's it's your team that you're watching still. It's not like you're this is a team you retired from. Like you're still actively a part of the team and you're broadcasting about it. How in the world you stay unbiased? I have no idea. I thought he did a great job, but he mentioned about how it was difficult to, you know, go from being up in the broadcast booth to then going downstairs, you know, in Mercedes Benz or whatever to the locker room and switching that, that they're flipping that switch and, and, and trying to, you know, get past the frustration of all these old things that went wrong to then go into the locker room and, and try to, you know, be a, a productive member of the locker room. And it, it's tough. I mean, I, I totally understand that. Like mm-hmm. it's it, like you said, Sydney, it's, those are the intangibles that you just, they're so hard to, describe but the team needed it last season so it was good to hear from him i was super excited to hear from him and then of course Pineda. his big thing at the training ground friday was uh there's there's a lot of conversation but obviously the big thing that he said was we're looking to bring in three players very soon um so that was friday of course you have the weekend and then you have martin luther king day yesterday when a lot of the, the club wasn't actually there Nothing today. So if any of these three potential players are going to be officially announced, you you would hope that it would be coming this week sometime. Kind of hoping it was today, but it didn't happen. So, you know, you're kind of thinking maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, something, something better pop off. We'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out, but you've got some names out there. We've talked about them. George, um, Alexander Kayans was another big one. And other than that, I mean, it, it may be somebody that we don't even know about yet that, that mm-hmm. Atlanta isn't linked to that we have heard of. So it'll be curious. It'll be very curious to see kind of where, where the club goes. Yeah. Mark saying he's in the chat. He's guessing that Joseph gets announced first. So, I'll probably be my guest too. Um, I mean, the season starts February 25th, but I mean, preseason's coming up. Or no, I mean, we're in preseason, but the first preseason match is coming up on um, the 28th against Chattanooga. You ideally would like to have at least two of those players in the fold with some training behind them and then may not play them the entire time, obviously, in preseason, but trot them out and allow fans to see them. So that'll probably be my guess. Yeah. And, and Brandon coach, coach B Brandon pointed out, you know, the window is going to close soon. I mean, you, you have Tom. Um, and at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing the fan base wants is just players that are going to come in and make a difference. Everybody's going to be impatient yeah. soccer, you know, fans are an impatient sort and, and it's understandable why especially with a team right now like Atlanta 
that is is going through what they're going through. But the window, you do have time in Mark, terms of right? Oh no, well, someone's saying May here. Is that the because it, it closes just for a very short period? Well, you you, right you know, up, you have right? to be roster compliant at a certain point, but moves can right. still be made, right? Right. So I, I you got to go back to what Loggerway said too when he first got here. He's he's not necessarily gonna go out and, and make this first window a big thing. He's very big in the summer window, and understandably so. So I think the biggest thing would be to just encourage everybody to be patient. I mean, I'm the most impatient person there is. I freaking hate it. I want, you know, I don't know, freaking messy on the squad right now, <laughs> but it, that's not going to happen. So just you, you have to hope that you get one good impact signing before the season starts and then everything else hopefully will fall into place. You get to the, the get to the summer get to the point where maybe you can have something already in place leading up to that point, And then they can just drop right in during like the league's cup and go from there. But I think it's worth remembering. You just still have to be patient. You can still trust get the depth. process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can still get cheaper depth. And I think that's something that we've wanted over the past few years is MLS experience, right? Like we keep getting guys in here and they say that it's going to take them a while to develop or get used to being here and playing in MLS. Well, then getting more MLS talent, if you can get some good talent, is is just as reasonable, and you don't have to wait for visas and and all that fun stuff either. So, uh, you can't go in. You're three is a good number, probably at least a couple more. I think I haven't looked at where we're at roster number wise, but you got to bring in some people here because um, you're not going to have any depth going into the regular season. So they're going to have to bring someone in here quick, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to be. They're going to need – it would be nice for them to announce something nice this week while we're going to be all crying for, for the Joseph announcement. So, <laughs> you know, if you can – you can, you know, hopefully – we don't need a new dog either, so let me just specify. We need a player. <laughs> we don't need a dog. If we get a dog, cool. I love dogs, but we need a player. We need we need, we need some players with some dog in them. Sure. Let's, we with some dog that. in them, yes. Please bring yeah. some players with some dog in them. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, but we we, we need something here. Yeah, I, but, I, you know, I think it was mentioned, and I, I lost the comment. I think it might have been Mark that mentioned, but um, you're, you're going to have the Joseph news, I would imagine, if it were me, and I'm not in charge, but if it were me, um, then absolutely announce Joseph, be done with it, and then, and then drop the good news, please. <laughs> because it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Like, that... I would I would not want to be the social media admin for Atlanta United when that happens. <laughs> that's, it's, a, it's, that's a job I don't envy. Yeah, at you all. just you look you dump that news and turn your phone off for like yeah. three days. <laughs> um, Besides the World Cup, he's had like no happiness like at all. Like the World Cup, everybody's like, "Oh, everybody, I love Amada, I love Amada." He was having the time of his life because the first time <laughs> in like years that anybody liked the, the Atlanta United social media. You know, we'll get them next time. And then it was just Pineda out, Boca out. Like, you know, like they, they've had to have those like muted at, at that point. I learned how to yeah. do things the other day on Twitter. Changed my life. So I'm sure <laughs> the Atlanta United thing, uh, you know, has muted. Um, all oh, of yeah. them. I know there's a couple 100%. people in here that listen that have been muted or blocked by Boca. So I can imagine what the uh, <laughs> what they've done uh, to some of these hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick in the chat saying dog DP. 
Yeah, bring bring in a bring in a dog as a designated player. I'm here for it. Um, like we were just talking about. James saying admin gets gets too much abuse for nothing, which I agree. I mean, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm, I think it posts a lot of people post a picture of the dog and it's spoke out like just randomly. It's like oh, a lot of people don't realize the admin has no control over who comes in and who goes. It feels like it feels I like when like they when they preface an admin in charge of this team lately. <laughs> <laughs> I always like when they preface it and they're like, look, here's the lineup. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right. Please don't right. hate me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So to hit on some, uh, just other good news for Atlanta though. Um, but since Reyes and Efraim Morales, we talked about them a little bit last week, but they're going to be repping their, their national teams, uh, Bolivia and, um, Peru, I believe. Um, in the Sud America U20. So just, you know, going back to what we were talking a little bit about with, with Tristan earlier, that is a, uh, it's a big deal for these guys coming up through the twos, you know, and, and then not even talking about the other guys that are coming up as well. And, and also with the Academy Chile, sorry, that was, it was not Peru. I'm, I'm thinking of another yeah. one. Um, Bruno rightfully pointing out it's, it's Chile. Uh, and, and Mark, but yeah, so either way, big deal, really, really good for them to, uh, to, to get that call up first of all. And the fact that they're going to be repping their country and coming from Atlanta and in a very big tournament in South America is a big deal. So, uh, just had to give them a little bit of a, a shout out. I think it's, it's good news for the future of the club. I feel like we get, like an announcement every week that a new player like is being called up to, to some yeah. national team. Like it, like it, at some point, I'm like, is this a repeat tweet? Because I right. like every other day, someone's getting called up. It's yeah. it's great, but it's just like it's hard to keep track of all these guys getting yeah. called up. And it's a good thing, absolutely. Yeah, both Bolivia and play, both Bolivia and Chile play on Friday. Bolivia takes on Venezuela, and then Ecuador. Or Chile takes on Ecuador. Um, and the winner goes to the FIFA E20 World World Cup. So I believe it's the winner and I don't know, I don't know if it's the second place finisher or something like that, but I could be wrong. But yeah, good to see. Good to see young yeah. LA United players, you know, make it on the world stage. So Man, we've hit on a lot today. Uh I, I you know, I really don't have much to say about this last little topic that we brought up. But, you know, Alexander Kayans. It was mentioned, obviously, between Atlanta and Boca Juniors that there was kind of a little bit of a, a battle going back and forth. It seems like Boca has won that and that Alexander Boca will Juniors. be going down there. Yeah, Boca Juniors. Um, <laughs> seems like he's going to be – yeah, he's going to be down there. Then it was kind of mentioned like, oh, the deal's not done yet, so you never know. Um, and right before we got on here today, though, I saw another post that was him – training uh like doing a medical down in apparently down in south america so we'll see where it goes nothing's official until it's official we know that uh last minute things can happen and 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 you never know but it sucks if if he doesn't make it to atlanta but there's still other options out there i think everybody would Mm -hmm. love to have alexander kines to atlanta united but we'll see how it goes right now it seems like boca juniors not but not Boca Negra. Boca Juniors is winning that race, though. So 
I'm sure by the time we do this next episode next Wednesday, we'll probably have something official on him. I would hope. They probably yeah. would have overpaid for him anyways. <laughs> Mark's saying uh, Kamal Miller, if he can't get yeah, Alex Callians. Yeah. Uh, Miller, 25 years old. I don't know if he turned down a move to the U.S. to remain in Canada, which is where he's from. I think if we were to make it, we would probably be to Toronto or something like that. But, I mean, Miller's definitely a good shout. You know, national team ex- international experience with Canada, played in the World Cup. All-star. Uh, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Alice All-Star could do a lot worse. Yeah. So there's potential out there. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to to see if any of the potential three players that, that Pineda mentioned the other day are any of the ones that we've been mentioning here today. We'll see, I'm sure, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even mentioned, by the way, Pineda was like, you know how roster moves and how things go with contracts and all that stuff. So, like, because he was asked, like, who are they going to be, you know? Yeah. But – he can't reveal that kind of stuff. I was really surprised that he even pointed out that they're potentially going to have three players coming in. Like that's a big deal. Actually, if, if you don't follow the team or, or many MLS teams in general, by the way, like that's not something you, you hear from your head coach the first day, the media is back. So I just wanted to shut the fans up. That's why he said it. I mean, yeah, like it, <laughs> give them something to bite on, you know? So it, I'm good with it though. I, I think it's, you got to start building up the excitement sooner than later. So Hopefully, by the end of the week, there will be some some good news, and we'll be back here next Wednesday to chat about it. Yeah. Quick shout-out before we go. The U.S. Women's National Team, they play in pair friendlies this week. They are playing New Zealand in Wellington on Tuesday, as, you know, right after recording this at 10.05, and then New Zealand again on Friday, 10.05 Eastern Time. So... That's not HBO, HBO Max. Max. Say it again. Yeah, HBO Max. There's there's a whole yeah. controversy with that, I guess. I, I, yeah. I haven't really looked into it, but it, it doesn't seem good. Unfortunately, the contract they have, or U.S. Soccer have with Warner Brothers Discovery, which is HBO Max's parent company, is that they can't stream the matches in bars, which is unfortunate. But from what I heard from the American Outlaws, it sounds like there is a workaround that will be in place um men are in action next week in california they pick Surrey on the 25th and then columbia which would be a great match on the 28th i believe that columbia match is going to be on tnt as well so a new era really for u.s soccer when it comes to their broadcasts right uh starting out with the former turner sports now warner brothers discovery sports uh, beginning this year happening for the next few years and to be on HBO Max and TBS and TNT select matches. So we'll see what that holds in store. We'll see how their coverage is moving forward. We got to get into TV coverage at some point before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Talk about Apple and just overall presentations. Like it seems like they're, it's everywhere now, right? Like every streaming mm-hmm. service is, is gaining it. And it's something that just always interests me to see that, like how every streaming service, you know, what kind of exposure they give it with commercials um what kind of like stage do they do um like paramount did a decent job at a few games and then some of them they just seem like they half-assed it so it's it's interesting like apple i have a feeling is gonna just be kind of a disaster early on and then just get better as Mm -hmm. we move on but maybe it'll surprise us yeah we'll see i mean 
They've got a CBS good lineup. Has really set a high bar with their Champions yeah. League coverage. So mm-hmm. we can only hope that Apple and really Warner Bros. Discovery kind of try to reach for that bar themselves. And it was it was also mentioned too. I think the the I don't know if you want to call it a rumor. I didn't look a lot into it, but it was mentioned that Apple's trying to now pursue the Premier League rights as well. So yeah, throw that money out there. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. You know, but. <laughs> It, it, exciting stuff. I think no matter what, even if it does get off to a kind of a rocky start, which you kind of expect with a brand new group getting involved in this whole right. business, uh, it, it may be a little rough in the beginning. But I think with the amount of money that they're putting into the league, it's a big deal. So hopefully, yeah. here in the future, soon, very near future, we can we can chat with some folks uh, that are a little more involved with Apple and the broadcast. So. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that we tried to give you guys is bringing in different guests and all uh, as we do this every week. And hopefully that is that is one of the things that we can kind of get some insight on. Um, but we're working on that. We're going to try to bring you guys as as many uh, cool folks as we can and, mm-hmm. and get you guys um, some insight that you might not otherwise get. So any final thoughts, Sydney, Tommy? no i am i really have no final thoughts go usa it's a world cup year for the women's national team so yeah hopefully they win both friendlies this weekend and get the year off to a good start and the men too even though it's not a world cup year for the men women got to get it together they've looked uh not particularly great um over the past couple weeks, below their standards, yeah, and looks bad right when they got paid, right? Like it's just as soon as they finally got it, it seemed like they they uh, went down a little bit. But I think that they'll they'll end up cleaning it up by then. But um, yeah, I mean, let's just wait for the tweet, right? And that's 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 what this week is all about. It's just it's just waiting for it. So we'll get that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get you know a, a, a message from Boca, you know, saying everything that he's done for us and it's going to be very cringy, but let's <laughs> move on to the next step. Let's move on to the, moving on from Joseph is truly Atlanta United 2.0. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it guys. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure we'll probably see that, that news coming out soon and just be ready for it. Now it is what it is and, and hope <laughs> good news follows just to, to give everybody a quick update next Wednesday. 7 o'clock, which is going to be our normal time. After the fact, you guys can listen to us via the Dirty South Soccer podcast feed or on YouTube or on Twitch after the fact. So we appreciate the support, guys. We see y'all's comments in the in the, the chat. We absolutely appreciate the support. want to thank Tristan Traeger for coming on as well, Charleston Battery for yeah. uh, you know his move over there. Congrats to him. Um, and, yeah, we just thank you guys for the support. So make sure you guys are following us at Scarves and Spikes on twitch twitter and youtube myself at atl pilgrim sydney at sh rights tommy at tommy atl 96 change it up on us got it so thank you guys again for everything and we we love it see y'all